Finalis Hockle Football with Dee Orlando Ledbetter, the great beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution uh, on the Atlanta Falcons, and he is back from the Super Bowl as well. All right, so how much did you lose? Just be honest with us. <laughs> no, I didn't lose a thing because I, I don't partake in that festivity. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, that's I good. I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, yeah, I didn't uh... – Yep, I didn't even uh, come close to losing. <laughs> what weren't weren't tempted then, huh? No, uh-uh. I'm a, I, I'd rather spend my money on beer. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, and then in years past, if you spent enough money at the tables and the, the slots, they'd give you the drinks, but not anymore. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know how that works anymore. But yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't see the little girls walking around with the free drink cards either. <laughs> no, I don't think they have that much anymore, uh, for sure. So, what were your impressions on Vegas as a host city for the Super Bowl? Did they do a good job? Oh yeah, you can't really mess Vegas up. Um, the uh, one <laughs> one thing was that uh, you know the weather, you know. Vegas is usually smoking hot in August, but uh, in February it was kind of chilly. So it was more like San Francisco hosting the Super Bowl. But uh, all the bells and whistles were there. Uh, you can move around the strip pretty good via the Uber system they have. Uh, so, yeah, I was able to move around and, and uh, you know, enjoy some of the festivities. You weren't the one that jumped on top of that sphere, were you? No, no, that's, yeah, that's way, yeah, that, uh, uh, let's leave, leave that for the young folks. <laughs> that was kind of scary, even to hear about that. It's like a, that's like a bad dream, driving, uh, walking up that thing. Well, um, and, and your thoughts on, on the game itself, is, is Kyle Shanahan, is he uh, too smart to learn from his past mistakes? Yeah, it's pretty clear, pretty clear that he is. Uh, you know, third and four pass play again, and then he gets mad because it didn't work. And, uh, you know, yeah, McCaffrey was breaking open on the right. Uh, same thing like Matt Ryan on the end cut to Julio. Yeah, he's breaking open, but you got a free runner in his face, so you can't get the ball over there. So same thing happened uh, in Super Bowl 58. that happened to him in Super Bowl 51. At least it was a little bit different in 54. But, yeah, he just refuses to uh, recognize that, hey, maybe I need to run the ball in this situation, especially when he got the running back that was red hot, had 180, 160 yards combined. And if he can't get me four yards and two carries, then, um, you know, I'll go home. I'm with you. I, I was just shocked that he didn't use McCaffrey even more than he did. And uh, those first three drives, the second half, to have one running play when he had the lead at to me, it just made no sense knowing that your defense was going to have to going to have to handle Mahomes at some point. And uh, and and, but I I think the not knowing the overtime rules, the players to admit that uh, on Monday that that was shocking, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, or yeah, it was because you know they were new, so I understand that um, you know that 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 was the first time doing it, but. Uh, in contrast, Andy Reid had been telling his players about them all for the last uh, four since the playoffs started. So Kyle yep. was like, oh, uh, in typical Shanahan, pass the buck fashion, 
was like, oh, you know, we do, we uh, talked about it as assistant coaches, and each uh, assistant coach is supposed to get his position group ready. I'm like, okay, now that's passing the buck of the highest order. So his team wasn't prepared. Andy Reid's team was prepared, and they executed near flawlessly in overtime. Daryl, uh, yesterday on the show, we have a little thing. We have uh, throw them under the bus Thursday when we throw someone under the bus. I threw Kyle Shanahan under the bus. And, of course, we just talked about several of the reasons why he deserved to be under there. But the worst for me was the fact that he fired Steve Wilkes. It, it reminded me of, and, and I know there may be some different circumstances, but still, right after the Super Bowl when the Falcons lost, they fired Brian Cox. And you and I have talked about this over the years, and I, I love Brian Cox. I mean, from afar, I didn't know him. I just thought he was a really good coach, and I couldn't get why after the Super Bowl he was the one that, that got let go. But Wilkes did not deserve that, did he? Uh, no, he didn't. Uh, and he was running somebody else's defense, had him ranked in the top ten. Uh, you know, held Patrick Mahomes to one touchdown, 19 points. So he wasn't a problem. Uh, you know, if they didn't get along, that was personal. Uh, but sometimes you, you, you know, have to, uh, you know, put your personal differences aside. Uh, you know, Bosa said he wasn't ready for the RPO, so I don't know if that's the coach's fault or his fault. Um, you know, you got to play football at some point. Uh, but, yeah, that that was very disturbing that he can fire Steve Wilkes like that uh, and say it wasn't a good fit when Steve Wilkes gave him a chance to win the game that he blew. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. I was I was shocked by it, but I guess I shouldn't be too shocked about uh, any anything these days. All right, um, you, you guys had the opportunity to to meet some of the assistant coaches for Raheem Morris's staff uh, earlier this week. What were your impressions of the coordinators? Yeah, I wasn't there for that. We um, I had to teach that okay, day, I'm sorry. so we uh, sent Ken Segura, uh, Michael Cunningham, and our, our intern Lewis Price from Northwestern. And they covered it pretty well. Ken took the D.C., uh, uh, Mike took the O.C., and the, uh, and Price did the five things we learned. And they covered, you know, what Zach Robinson's looking for in a quarterback, uh, how they plan to move forward. He basically wants Matthew Stafford clone uh, is what he wants. And then defensively, you know, um, Jimmy Lake uh, kind of ran away from Ken asking him about his it's uh, an episode at the University of Washington, um, you know, when he was uh, accused of uh, hitting a player and then shoving him in the back, which led to him uh, taking a $9.9 million buyout there. Uh, but, um, yeah, but, you know, wants to play defense. He's hooked with uh, Raheem. And, and so that was a good column there by Ken. And, uh, you know, so the coordinators were handled that way, uh, you know, kind of talking circles about the quarterback situation. And then yesterday I was out there for some of the assistant coaches and got to talk with T.J. Yates, uh, Barrett Rude, Dwayne Ledford's back, Mike, uh, Michael uh, Petrie, and uh, Justin Hood. He's a new secondary coach. And mm-hmm. then uh, one of the uh, linebackers, Barrett Rude's the linebacker coach. So I tried to hit. And Jay Rogers is the defensive line coach. He's very interesting. He was one, one of the um, – he won the Turlick, John Turlick, Defensive Line Coach of the Year Award in 2018. So I recognize as one of the best D-line coaches in the league. So uh, that's good to know about, uh, you know, having that kind of coaching talent up front. Absolutely. No question. 
What are your thoughts on Dwayne Ledford coming back? What does that mean for this offensive line since he's had them for a few years now? He said it wasn't um, a forget uh, a foregone conclusion. He was going to come back. You know, they uh, had to work some stuff out, and um, but when he talked with Raheem and the way Raheem wants to play and get after it, he said, "Well, hey, we got the guys to do that right here already." So uh, he so he was he's fired up about it. Uh, we got a um, a video online about you know me talking to him about uh, uh, him staying and being added to the as the run game coordinator. So it's going to be a collaboration on that uh, because um, Zach Robinson doesn't know anything about the run game. I've heard, I've been told. So so they got to mirror it up together with the run game and the passing concept that that uh, concepts that Zach Robinson will bring and uh, keep it moving. They don't know if they're going to keep stay with the outside zone or do the gap power run schemes the Rams were doing last year. The Orlando Ledbetter is our guest. We're talking about the Atlanta Falcons. He, of course, is with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, AJC.com. You, you mentioned uh, the comment about Robinson would love a Matthew Stafford clone, and, and uh, that would be great. Sure, absolutely. But, of course, we know there's going to be a lot of connection between the, the Falcons and Justin Fields. Um, it seemed like Atlanta and Pittsburgh are the two teams linked most with him. Seems like a foregone conclusion Chicago is going to go down that road and, and trade him and keep the pick or at least pick a quarterback somewhere early in the draft. Uh, so what, what are your thoughts about that? Do, do you think this group would want Justin Fields? And, and what do you think the price could be? Yeah, the, um, they certainly would uh... – uh, want him and uh, you know Kirk Cousins would be the more desirable one if he comes free uh, and um, you know there'll be some competition for Justin they're gonna look at every uh, un, you know they're gonna try to unturn every stone uh, Terry didn't want to talk about it he was on Steve's show uh, yesterday Steve Weiss's show and he, he's like hey Steve I can't talk about that that's tampering then I'll lose all my <laughs> draft picks I got so, you know, they're aware of it, but they don't want to get hit with tampering. Um, and I haven't seen the, um, the Jimmy Johnson chart on what a trade would be. I'm sure the uh, the Bears are going to want a one in there, maybe a two. I'm thinking a two and a player should do it. I wouldn't do much more than that. Uh, and, and then just go to the draft if we can't work out a deal on that. Yeah, I, I heard the interview between Terry and, and Steve, and Steve did – ask him kind of in generalities okay what do you think about someone who you may have passed over in a previous draft and getting better and and that's what i want to ask you i mean we've seen justin fields two years in a row here against the falcons i don't think there's any question that he was better in 23 than he was in 22 but what are your thoughts on his ability to continue to get better and of what he would be surrounded with if he were the quarterback here in atlanta yeah i think he um uh, yeah, we saw him last year, and we basically just was throwing the one receiver, DJ Moore, and uh, the Falcons couldn't really stop it. So, well, you know, it was working pretty good. And so and then he liked to run on third downs, and they couldn't stop it. But, you know, if you're going to be a championship-level team, you got to build his game all the way out. You know, he's got to spread it uh, to Dijon, to Kyle, to Drake. And so that would be on TJ Yates and – uh, Zach Robinson to, you know, help flush out his game. You know, he's just a running quarterback and a one-read guy now. So, but that's good. I mean, it's, uh, 
they haven't won a lot of games with it, but, you know, it beat the Falcons up there. Uh, but, yeah, you got to build out his game. He's uh, been beat up up there. You've you got to protect him a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, you could definitely uh, play, with, play with him for sure after we saw, uh, you know, uh, Desmond last year with the 12 uh, interceptions, 12 fumbles, 7 loss uh, last year, not, to, not taking care of the ball. Yeah, obviously that's a huge part of it. But do you think that Fields' arm it can get better and his accuracy got a little bit better? It's still a little low percentage there, completion percentage. But So you think that there is room for improvement for him to continue to – I mean, because I think from one year to another is good, but it's, there's a long way to be that kind of quarterback that can really lead this team for the long term, isn't it? Yeah, no doubt. Um, but we saw him throw crossing routes in college. Um, you know, I want to see some touch. You know, a lot of fastball guys don't uh, never ever figure out how to throw with touch. I don't know if you could teach that, but um, it certainly be worth a try. You know, to you know, you got to throw. Uh, you know, swing past the Bijan. You don't need to make it ninety miles an hour. He's right there. Just you know, float it out there. So and then you know, hitting Kyle Pitts over the middle. Uh, you know, Cam um, Cam Newton got 10, 12 years in the league doing that to Greg Olson. You know, he's never used his receivers either. So, uh, but, um, you know, certainly can play with him. Not idea, uh, but, uh, you know, definitely would be an upgrade. So, I could see you trading for Justin and then, um, you know, deciding whether you're going to stay with him or, uh, you know, go back in the draft and uh, get your more traditional quarterback. Daryl, what's the status of the pick that they're going to get from Jacksonville? Do they have to wait to see if the Jaguars extend Ridley before they know what they're going to get? Yeah, that's it. That's uh, that's part of it. That's a big part of that deal. Uh, if they work out an uh, extension by, you know, the uh, new league year, which is March 13th, uh, they'll know what the, what the pick is, you know, going into the April draft, the end of April is the draft there. So, uh, you know, got a little bit of time here. I'm thinking they, uh, Jacksonville wants to re-sign him. They're not going to break the bank. He had too many drops last year. But, um, you know, I don't believe he's headed to free agency either. So we'll see um, how that develops, you know, right around the start of the league business year. So if they re-sign him, is it a second they get? Yeah, it's a second. It moves up, yep. Okay, so it would be a third if they do not re-sign him, correct? Right. You just wonder if that. You just wonder if that could be the currency in a deal for for Justin Fields, right? I mean, that would. Oh yeah, no doubt. It would be that simple. Could definitely be it. Yeah, I would think so that too. Be All right, it. final final question. We're there's several weeks away from from free agency, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Are they around thirty million under the cap right now? Is that right? Yeah, 26, they can get all the way up to okay. 46 with some cuts and everything. Um, you know, a lot of that, um, the, the staff just got in here this week. So first order of business is going over the roster. Like, hey, we like this guy. Hey, this guy, kick rock. Uh, hey, we, you, you know, uh, going through the roster like that. And then, um, you know, it's like, hey, this guy's making too much. Call him in if he's going to take a cut or not. You know, you will hear about some salary cap casualties here uh, right before March. Uh, that first week in March coming out of the combine, uh, they'll probably, uh, you know, I don't, I don't really see a lot of dead money, but there is some, and, and they can take care of that here in the next couple of weeks. 
All right. Well, it's going to be fun to see what happens. They'll be here before you know it for sure. Daryl, always great to have you on. Thanks for taking some time this afternoon. We hope you'll get a little bit of a break now that the Super Bowl's over and a little bit of rest. But uh, we thank you every week, of course, for coming on the show with us. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Sure. No problem, Bill. Thanks for having me.